Hey, please take your Bibles with me and go to Exodus. We're going to the Old Testament today. Exodus chapter 34. If you don't know where Exodus is, Genesis and then Exodus. Just uh, one more word, if I could, on this series that's going to be coming up starting next week. From this day forward, it drives me nuts when I hear Christian marriages ending up in divorce. God doesn't only want us to stay married. He wants us to be happily married. And if I was this age over here, I would want to hear this because you want to know what kind of guy. Don't you want just the right guy or you just, okay? We're going to learn that. If you're married, your marriage is going to get stronger. If you hope to get married someday, uh, you're going to be prepared for marriage. If you never want to get married, um, somebody you know does, okay? So you're going to learn something. You're going to help them. But uh, I just think it's going to be just a fabulous series. And next week, we're really going to be talking about how to find the right one. Okay. And by the way, the right one is God. There's the problem. I can start preaching on this right now. The problem is we're looking at one another to be the right one. The right one is not one another. The right one is God. And if we get God as the right one, then God's going to help us find the right two. Okay. So that's going to give you a little bit of taste. Good stuff. Okay. Um, before we get into God's word today, um, who's going to win the Super Bowl today? I'm predicting next year, I'm predicting next year that next year we're, we're, we're going to see the, the Browns and the Cowboys, okay? Super Bowl 51, all right? How's that sound? All right. Um, all right, we're going we're gonna to go. Okay, here we go. Exodus chapter 34. This is going to be a very, 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 very interesting scripture that we're going to read that we, we just need to look at it. Exodus chapter 34, and um, these are the words that God is saying to his people, that's you and me. Do not worship any other God. That's a small g. Do not worship any other God. For the Lord, that's a capital L, whose name is Jealous, that's a capital J, is a jealous God. Did you know that God's name, we have different names. We sang them today, you know, Emmanuel, name above all names, all that. Did you know that we could actually say, if, if someone asks you, tell me about your God, my God is jealous. You'd be absolutely correct. And we're going to talk about that after we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word. Your word is anointed. Lord, we are the ones that need help. So God, we pray that you would open our minds to comprehend your word. And God, help me as your servant to present it in a way that people can understand to be changed by it. We thank you that you're a jealous God. We may not understand that yet, but your word says you're jealous. So help us to understand that. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, excellent. Last week, we spent a lot of time, if you were here, we spent a lot of time in John 21. And we were trying to answer the one question that Jesus asked Peter after the resurrection three times. Do you love me? Do you truly love me? And we spent the whole sermon on that. How do we know that, that we love Jesus? 
As we approach Valentine's Day, and by the way, guys, 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 Sunday is Valentine's Day. You forget it, you're going to have, it's going to be a bad year for you. As we approach Valentine's Day, there's another question that we're going to answer today that's going to help us in our, in our life. Here's the question. We need to know this, the answer to this. Does God truly love me? He asked us last week, do we love him? And now we're asking this question, how do we know that God truly loves me? So important. See, many believe that there is a God, but that God is not really interested in our life. We believe there's a God, but we believe that he loves others more than he loves us. Or we believe that God doesn't even love us at all, because if God did love me, I wouldn't be going through all this garbage I'm going through. We just have a real crazy mind, our concept of what loving God and serving God is all about. And especially if someone told you, if you love God and follow God, you're never going to have another problem in your life. If you've heard that, that's not in the scripture. The scripture says, Jesus said, in this world, you will have troubles, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. We need to understand when we go through life that we're going to have trials and then going through trials, we need to understand does God really love me? And we're going to be looking at it. See, the devil wants you to think you're a zero. The devil wants you to think that you, have, that you are not loved. You maybe have been told from early childhood that you're never going to amount to anything. Your life is worthless. You might as well just give up. You might as well just take your own life. You might as well just do all this junk. I want you to stop and to begin to see who you are in Christ. Because the Bible tells us that God loves us. And the Bible tells us that we're a child of God. And the Bible tells us that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We need to know what the Bible says rather than what people say about God. So if we don't believe that God loves us, then we feel that we are on our own out there. If we don't believe God loves us, there's no hope, there's no peace, there's no power, there's no reason to pray because God doesn't love us. So we need to answer the question once and for all, and here's the question of the day. Does God love me? The short answer is yes. So you can all leave now. The long answer is this, that God loves me so much that according to the scripture, he is jealous for me. He wants my undivided attention. He loves me so much that he doesn't want anything to come between myself and him. He loves me that much. He doesn't want to share my love and my affection with anyone. He loves me that much. He's jealous for me. We hear the word jealous, and it often has a negative connotation, and, and it probably should at times. And we hear things like this, oh, he is so jealous, I can't even look at another guy. Or she is so jealous, I can't even look at another woman. Well, first of all, you shouldn't. Some people say, well, I'm just enjoying God's creation. Uh, no, you're not. You're lusting. Okay, so, so there is something about that, okay? Um, but I look around the room, and, and I, don't see, I don't see any man in this room with his arm around a, a woman that's not his wife. A, a husband, I should say, okay? You know, there, there you go. Be, you know, Joey has his arm around his, his wonderful wife. He's not going to sit there and put his arm around, uh, you know, Carol's over there. He's not going to do that. And why? Be because 
she is jealous for him, and Butch is Carol for, or Carol for his wife. He's, he's jealous for his wife. It's okay. I don't see any woman out here. I'm trying to look. I don't see any woman leaning next to someone that's not her significant other. We're jealous, and, and that's a good thing. It's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be that way. See, the biblical use of jealousy concerning love is a very good word, a very strong word. And I, I personally, I love that word. And after all, I am absolutely 100% jealous for my wife. So we're going to talk a little bit about Valentine's Day here as well, guys. I don't want any guy getting too close to her because he's going to have to talk to me. I'm serious. Pastor Dan, would you hurt somebody? Yeah, I probably would. I don't want anybody hugging her in the name of the Lord. If some of you guys go up to my wife afterwards and say, Come here, Sister Marcia, give me a great big hug. I'm going to, no. I'm jealous for her. I'm jealous for her. Okay, you understand this? What's going on here? If you're a guy and you secretly text my wife, you're going to have a knock on your door. And a nod on your head. That's good. I like that. <laughs> See, I love Marcia with such a deep love. I want her love. I'm not willing to share her love with anyone. I am jealous for her. Do you get the picture? And in reverse, I want her to be jealous of me. She should get irritated if I'm alone with another woman. She should. She should get irritated if I give phone calls from another woman. She should get irritated if she sees me driving around town with another woman. That should bug her. So guys, what I'm trying to say, don't do those kinds of things if you want a good, healthy marriage. But, but she gets irritated, or would get irritated, she does it because I don't do that, but she would get irritated because she's jealous for me. So we say to ourselves, what in the world does this have to do with God? Well, God is a jealous God. And, and he loves us with such a deep and single-hearted love that if we do anything that comes between us and God, that God gets very jealous for us, and he's going to get our attention. He's going to shake us up. He's going to make life very uncomfortable. He's going to make life miserable for us until we get our affections and our attentions correct because God truly loves us. When I was in college, there was a big song in the top 40. It was a duet, a man and, man and woman, and Odiah Coates and Paul Anka. And some of you that are of age would remember this song. It was one of my theme songs in college, which I'm not really, you know, don't want to brag about, but it was, it's not a good thing. And, and the woman began to sing. I'm a one-man woman, and Paul Anka would come and sing, but I'm a two-timing man. She's a one-man woman, but he's a two-timing man. Do you think that relationship's going to work? That relationship's a train wreck. By the way, how many of you remember that song? There's a few of us of my age. If we can see how a relationship like that will not work, why on earth do we think our relationship with God will work if He is a one-focused God, and He is. He is focused on me 
and you individually. It's incredible he can do that at the same time. But the problem is, is that many of us are a two-focused person. And we love God and. We love God but. And God is a jealous God and he wants us to love God, period. And when we love God, period, he takes care of all the other needs of our life. And God is a jealous God. He must be number one. And that's what we're talking about here in these next couple weeks. God, God, God. It's all about God being number one. So I love God. What's that mean? I know that God loves me. I know God is jealous for me, but I need to make decisions in my life that's not going to hurt my relationship with him. Because if I do, I'm becoming a two-timing person, and that's not going to happen. So I, every decision I make should be built on God's love for me. So number one question, does God love me? Oh yeah, he's jealous for you. He's jealous for you. I want you to stop and think for a moment. God, the creator of the universe, loves you. Look at these young men over here. He loves you, man. And some people say, well, nobody loves me. I think I'll go eat worms. No, God loves you. He cares about you. So does he love me? Yes, he he loves me. So the second question, how does God love me? How does he love me? Well, it's so obvious from the beginning of time. We look at the beautiful world that God created us. And it is gorgeous out there. I just love it. The colors and the textures. And not only that, but God walked and he talked with Adam and Eve. And he was not satisfied just having some, some you know, animal. He wanted something with the spirit so that he could communicate with. So God made man. He didn't, man's not part of evolution. We talked about that earlier this year. God created man with the spirit so that he could commune with man and that our spirit communes with his spirit. We know that we're children of God. And God said, I love mankind and I want to have a relationship with them. So he put spirit within us. But Adam and Eve, you guys know the story. They sinned, they fell, they they turned their backs on God and God found a way to cover their sin, to prepare them for eternity And folks, that's how God loves me. He has covered my sin, and he's the only one that can do that. And there's a scripture that I think we all know, John 3, 16. Would you say it with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is what God has done for us. Don't ever get numb to that. Don't ever say, oh, I've heard that a thousand times. I want you to understand, does God love me? God loves you so much, he sent his son Jesus to come and to love you and to die for you and to forgive you of your sins. And we're going to go on and on here in just a moment. God loves you. God loves you. Are there any parents out there? There's nothing that we would not do to protect our children. We love our children with an unending love. We provide for them. We take care of them. We discipline them. We protect them. We tuck them in at night. We sing to them before they go to bed. We love our children. And it's true, sometimes they drive us crazy. But we would still give our life for our children. Amen? As a father of three in their 30s, well, I should say, sorry, Wes, two in their 30s, one that's 30. He reminded me Wednesday, he's not in his 30s, he's 30. 
And I said, what's the big deal? He said, Dad, are you in your 60s or are you 60? I said, okay, you're 30, I'm 60. I get it. As a father of three that are 30 and up, let me inform the younger parents of this room of something that maybe you have not considered. You never stop being a parent until the day you die. You will never stop caring for your child. You will never stop loving them. You will never stop praying for them. You will never stop. You will love them and pray for them. And it gets harder. I'm, I hate to tell the young parents here. It gets harder as your kids get older because they're out of your control. You can't tell them what to do and when to go to bed and what to watch and listen to. They're out there on their own. It gets very, very difficult. And all you can do sometimes is pray. And you will do that because you love them with an unending love. Well, this is the way the father loved his son, Jesus. He loves his son, Jesus, so much, and yet he loves you and me because he sent his son, Jesus, to die for our sins so that we can spend eternity with him someday. How does God love me? He sent his son, Jesus, to die for my sins. How does Jesus love me? Because he came and he actually laid down his life for me so that I could be with him someday. I know God loves me. Folks, in Sunday school today, boy, it was, it was, it was just a great time. And, and Connie asked a question, you know, have you ever gone through any trials in your life? You know, and, and you know, it's, it's kind of a ridiculous question in a good way. We're, we all go through trials. But here's one thing that I have learned going through the trials. Okay, um, I got a couple years on you, some of you. Here's what I do know. That my God loves me, and my God is faithful, and my God cares, and my God has a plan, and he has never disappointed me. He has never let me down, and I know going through the hardest times of my life that I can trust God because I know that my God loves me. And the way that I know he loves me is because he laid down his life for me, and if he laid down his life for me, surely he can help me through these other issues in my life. I have confidence, and I have courage, and I have hope, and I have peace as I trust the living God of my soul, and God loves me, this I know. You can tell me it's not true. I, I will never listen to that, because I know, I know that my God loves me. I know that. I know that. There's a story in the Old Testament that a friend reminded me this week concerning God's love. I mentioned to them that I'm going to be asking a question on Sunday, this Sunday, today, and here's the question, does God love me and how do I know God loves me? And they just sit back in their chair and they just laughed and says, well, I know God loves me because if he didn't, he would zap me. And it took me by surprise because I wasn't expecting that. But God being holy and God being pure and us being stupid sometimes, wouldn't God come and just zap us? So he must love us because we're still breathing. He has every right to zap us. So this friend reminded me in the Old Testament this great story of Aaron and how he made the golden calf. So here's what happened. Moses and Joshua, they're up in the mountain getting the Ten Commandments from God. They were gone a long time. So Aaron said, or the people came to Aaron and said, we don't know if Moses is ever coming back. God used to lead us. He's not leading us anymore. How about you make an idol? And we'll call that idol our God. They took the gold that God said was to be used for the tabernacle and they made idols with it. Earlier 
God loved them. He took them out of Egypt, which is a typology of sin. He took them out of sin. He provided for them every day something to eat. He provided manna, provided quail, provided water from a rock. He led them by the Holy Spirit. He led them by a cloud during the day and the fire by night. God led them. He took care of them. He made sure every need was met. And said, did God love them? Absolutely God loved them. He provided for them on a daily basis. And their response to God's love, they took his blessings, the gold, and they made idols out of them. They took God's blessings. We pray, guys, here's, here's a problem. We pray, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me. And you know what? And I'm just going to throw something out there. God might bless you with a camper. And I don't have anybody in mind here. I just don't want to use the term motorcycle. Because I have one. So God blesses you with a camper. So when do a lot of people camp? They camp on the weekend. So they miss a Sunday here. And then they miss a Sunday there. And pretty soon it gets a little more often that they miss. What's happening here? They're taking the blessings of God and making idols out of them. Oh, Pastor Dan, a camper's not an idol. It could be. That chair can be an idol. Anything could be an idol if we put it between, between ourselves and God. Folks, we need to be careful in our walk with God that we don't become like these Israelites in the days of the golden calf, that God blesses us, God takes care of us, God provides us, and then we turn it right around and make an idol out of that thing. And that's very blessing of God. We can use that to keep us away from God if we're not careful. Is it a sin to have a camper? Is it a sin to have a motorcycle? No, come on, it's not. But it could be if you don't use it properly. So they took his blessings and turned them into idols. They took God's affections. They took God's affections and they worshiped a man-made God. They begin to walk away from God. They begin to walk away from God's love. And yes, God was angry. Yes, God was upset with them. But it was based on jealousy because God is jealous for us. He could have zapped them. He had every right to zap them. They messed up royally. And God was angry, but it was anger based on his love and his disappointment toward them. Parents, have you ever been disappointed with your children? And yet you still love them. And that's God. He's disappointed with us when we turn our backs on him or when we don't have that affection. We, he's disappointed in us, but he still loves us. And he's going to do what he can to draw us back into that right relationship with him. But I thought God, you said God's angry. I thought God was a God of love. We probably have heard that too much. Yes, God's a God of love. And God's a God of forgiveness. And God's a God of mercy. And God's a God of grace. But God is also a righteous God. He's also a holy God. He's also a God of justice. And one of these days, we're all going to be judged accordingly. And we need to be aware of this, folks, that we are going to be held accountable for the decisions we make 
of anything that we do that comes between God and me. We're going to be held accountable for that. And we've allowed life to take over. And we've, we've just slowly, have, some of us have just slowly, we, we, we slide away from God. And God today is drawing us back because he loves us. He's a jealous God. In Exodus 34, verse number 12, God is saying after this idea of, of the golden calf in chapter 32, here's what God says to the Israelites. Exodus 34, verse number 12. Be careful not to make a treaty with those who live in the land where you are going, or they will be a snare among you. God is saying, be careful who you hang with. Be careful who you associate with. You can't help who you work with, but you can help who you go out after work with. You can't help who you go to school with, but you can help who you choose to hang with after school. I, I use this verse, verse Wednesday night, but, but let's hear it again. In 1 Corinthians 15, God says, God's word, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. And God is saying right here in the word, he's saying to his children, to the Israelites, he's saying to us today, you had good character. You had undevoted love toward me. And you better be careful because the people that you're associating with are going to drag you right away from my attention and my affection I should say the other way around. We're not going to have the affection that we should have. And God says, be careful. Not only that, but he says in verse 13, break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, and cut down their Asherah poles. In other words, get rid of anything that's hurting our relationship with God. In verse 14, I read again, and do not worship any other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. There it is. God is a jealous God, and he's jealous for you. He's jealous for you. Romans 8, verse 39, here's the good news, church. The Bible says nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. He is so jealous for me, and when I have blown it in my life, God still loved me. There's nothing that I did in my past. There's nothing you have ever done in your past that will cause God not to love you. Aren't you glad to hear that today? God loves you. He cares about you. He wants your full attention, full affection. But we have to understand that no matter what we have done in our past, God loves us. But now, from here on, we need to make sure that the decisions we make are going to bring honor and glory unto Him. So today... The third question, how did God prove his love? How did God prove his love for us? Let me say, first of all, this, this is huge. God knows your name. John chapter 10, verse 3, the shepherd knows your name. You say, what's the big deal? Probably most of us in this room can't name half of those in this room. And yet there's 7 billion people on planet Earth, and God knows everyone. He knows your name. Isn't it, isn't it awesome? I, I could go up to Rachel, and I could say, hey, you, um, you, you know, you're, you're a nice girl and all that. But, man, if I go up and say, hey, Rachel, there's something there to hear your name. Does God love you? 
Lee, God knows your name. Those of you that are going through a hard time and you feel like nobody cares, I want you to know God knows your name. He knows your name. And not only does he know your name, but the Bible says when we get to heaven someday, he's going to give us a brand new name. He's going to give us a name that no one knows but us and him. It's going to be a personal, intimate little, you know, like you call your, your, your wife a little honey, honey bunch or something. You know, I call Marcia babe. I dare any of you to call her babe. That's between her and me. When we get to heaven, God knows my name, but when we get to heaven, he's going to give me a new name, and when he calls me that name, I'm going to say, whoa, God loves me. He loves me. Also, God calls you his child. In 1 John 3, 1, here's what the verse says. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And there's an exclamation mark, that we should be called children of God, exclamation. And verse goes on to say, and that is what we are, exclamation. I could walk around with my head up and I could say this with humility and with confidence. I am a child of God of God. Satan wants to beat me up? No. I am a child of God. Trials coming against me? I'm a child of God. Satan wants to drag me down? I am a child of God. How does God prove his love for me? He calls me his child. I don't call Ben my son, although he's my brother in the Lord, but I call Wes my son. He's my child. And I'm sure that makes Wes just feel awesome. But to be called a child, to be called family, to be called child of the God of heaven. Wow. God loves you. Isaiah 49, 16 says that he has our, our name engraved on the palm of his hands. That everywhere God goes. It's like... Uh, I'm, uh, it's, it's like tattoo. God looks in the palm of his hand every day. He says, man, I love Dan. I love Dan. I love Darren. Look, God's hand, Darren. Awesome. Eric. You're not going to... Do you ever see these guys with these tattoos wrapped around their throat and they have a name of a former girlfriend they're not with anymore? To me, that's hilarious. But God has our name engraved on his hand that everywhere he goes, not that he needs this, but everywhere he goes, he's reminded of our love and our relationship. How do I know God loves me? My name's on, engraved on his hand. How do I know God loves me? John 14, verse 2, Jesus told his disciples, I'm getting ready to go into heaven, but here's what I'm doing up in heaven. He says, I'm preparing a home for you. Don't get too attached to your home down here. As a matter of fact, when Jesus comes, you know, I'll, I'll leave the keys. You better not be here. But I'm telling you what, God is making me a new home in heaven. That's awesome. Wes, wouldn't you love for me as a dad to give you a home? Maybe Ted will. <laughs> Father-in-law. But God's making me a home. God's making me home. How do I know God loves me? Because one of these days, Jesus said in John 14, he's coming back to this earth and he's going to take me to that home. 
And I have confidence that I am not home yet. You can't imagine how many times I say that. I am not home yet. I'm going through trials and suffering. I am not home yet. And I know that someday I'm going to go home and the Lord is going to be there with his hands extended. And he's going to say, what's he going to say? Well done, my good and faithful servant. I believe that because I'm a child of God and I'm trying to live a life faithful unto him. And one of these days he's going to take me home. And I'm looking forward to that day. I'm telling you what. I know God loves me. He's making me home and he's taking me home someday. And then also, there's going to be a wedding reception waiting for you, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and you can eat as much as you want to eat without gaining any weight. God gave us taste buds for a reason, and up in heaven, we're going to enjoy them. There won't be any sauerkraut in heaven. The Bible says... In Jeremiah 31, in verse number 1, God says, now guys, you got to hear this. God said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. How long is everlasting? God said, no matter, Landon, no matter what you do, sorry, I just happened to look that way, no matter what you do, Landon, I love you with an everlasting love. And God said, there's nothing that you can do that will stop that love. I will love you forever, God says. not awesome? You can handle that, can't you? Awesome. What's the greatest idea of love? How do I know God loves me? 1 John chapter 4, in verse number, verse number 9. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. How did God show his love? How do we know God loves us? This is how God showed his love among us. Colon. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, colon. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. Folks, it's not a big deal that you love God. I mean, it is, but it's not. Why wouldn't we love God? It drives me nuts. People, people that don't love God and turn their back on God, there's something wrong in there. There's something. Because He created us. He provides. He loves us. He promises peace. He promises a home in heaven. Everything we ever need in this life, the, the, the hope and the joy that, that we ever could hope for. God, God has done all these things. But here's, here's the fascinating thing. The Bible says, here, here's love, that God loved me. Amen. Have you ever sinned? You ever mess up? And yet God looks down from heaven and says, Hannah, I love you. still love you. Leroy, still love you. Blows me away. Guys, I'm trying really hard in my life to, to live a life pleasing unto God, and there's still times I blow it, and when I blow it, I just stand back for a moment, and I realize 
But God is disappointed in me at that moment, but he still loves me. And I know that I can go to him and he will forgive me. And he will help me to be stronger the next time than I was the last time. And he still loves me. How do we know? The end of that verse. We know that God loves us because he loved us first. And it says he sent his son Jesus as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is how I know God loves me because he sent Jesus to die for my sins. I know that. God loves me. What does that mean? I go do anything I want and he'll forgive me? No, with that attitude, you don't even want to be forgiven. You just want to mess up. But if your attitude is right, God will forgive you of every sin you've ever committed in your entire life. And I wonder, Eric, you're sitting right up front. I wonder how many sins you've ever committed. <laughs> Man, think about it. Yeah, that was last year. I don't have a, 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 enough paper to write down all the sins I've ever committed. And God still loves me. I don't want anyone going home today doubting whether or not God loves you. But pastor, I'm going through all this stuff. God loves you. Would you focus on him just for a moment? God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And there's never been a sin that any of you, myself, have ever committed that's too big for God to love and forgive. Man, think about that. See, the older you get, the longer you have to mess up. God loves you with an unending love. So do you love me? Jesus says. Do you truly love me? And he says, I hope you truly love me because he said, I truly love you. And when we receive God's love, and he receives our love. That's where the peace of God comes to guard your heart and your mind. Is peace. Knowing that I've been forgiven. Knowing that I'm going to heaven someday. Knowing that I'm going to heaven someday. Let me ask you a question today before we receive Holy Communion. If you were to die today, where would you spend eternity? Serious question. It's the most important question you'll ever ask yourself. If you would die today, where would you spend eternity? You've been listening to a sermon from Louisville First Assembly. For more information, visit www.firstagonline.com. That's www.firstagonline.com.